Hi everyone, good afternoon. Um, if you saw my post back on Friday, I was saying that I was gonna be going live today to talk about hormones and digestion and how they truly impact each other. And so I just wanted to make a short video to talk about how estrogen is involved in your digestion and how your digestion impacts estrogen and vice versa. So last live video, I hopped on and talked all about the thyroid and how the thyroid can be sabotaging your weight loss efforts. So uh, I wanted to kind of follow that up with this, talking about estrogen and digestion. And then next live video, I'll talk about estrogen, sorry, specifically as it has to do and how it relates to weight management and weight gain. So for those of you who can join me today, uh, thank you for joining. Um, if you have any questions, you can ask them as we're moving along here. For those of you who can't make this live video, again, like my last video, I'm gonna make it available as an audio podcast episode as well as a video. So um, I'll just kind of start with the basics of estrogen and why uh, digestion plays a big role in your hormones in general. And the reason is, is because when we're processing hormones, to put it simply, we process them in two ways. So the first way is the hormones go through our liver and then the second way is it goes through our bowels. So we have to be able to take those hormones, basically package them up, um, put them in a neat little um, package with a bow and then send them through on their way out into our bowels. And if we can't do any of those processes or some of those processes, for a number of reasons, then we can have hormone imbalances. So specifically, when it comes to digestion and the role of estrogen, we're really talking about the microbiome. And so kind of put simply, the microbiome is basically your body's good and bad bacteria. You're going to have good and bad bacteria that is everywhere in your body from your nasal passages all the way through your digestive system onto your skin, um, in your vaginal canal, every single place you can think of, you have a balance of good and bad bacteria. And so that balance is uh, disrupted and changed by a variety of different things that we do in our lives, um, the daily, uh, but there are ways that we can make it more beneficial and there's things that we can do to uh, make it less beneficial. So how the microbiome impacts estrogen. So first of all, let's start with estrogen, the hormone. Um, it's made pri primarily by the ovaries and it obviously declines as we age. Basically what happens is we take our estrogen, it reaches the liver, we send it on through to the bowels and basically we're supposed to get rid of it after it kind of reaches the bowels, it's supposed to be inactivated and continue to kind of go on its journey so we can make more hormones and not really reuse the ones that we've already made. And so what happens is there's this enzyme in your gut and it's called beta-glucuronidase. Now what beta-glucuronidase does is it basically works to reactivate estrogen. And now that can be good and that can also be really bad depending on the balance of beta-glucuronidase that we have. But what ends up happening in a lot of people is their beta-glucuronidase levels are way up. And so once estrogen gets to the bowels, 
we're reactivating all of our estrogen using this enzyme and our body reuses it, recycles it, and brings it around again. And so this can give you symptoms of a high estrogen picture or an estrogen dominance picture, even if your estrogen levels aren't high per se, because you have this enzyme being activated. And so again, it recirculates in your body and can act like an excess estrogen or too much estrogen. And so estrogen is really key for keeping weight down, reducing abdominal fat, improving glucose tolerance. So a lot of people think when they have excess estrogen, that means excess weight and, and all those sorts of things. However, that's not necessarily what it means. What it does mean is we need our estrogen levels to be balanced. When they're in balance, then that is the optimal um, that's the optimal situation for any sort of symptoms that we've been experiencing. It's never that we that one hormone is bad or good. It's always a matter of the balance of those hormones. So when we look at the gut specifically, we really see that the balance of that good and bad bacteria impacts the balance of these enzymes and as a result, the balance of the hormones. And so when the, the gut microbiome is healthy, we have just the right amount of beta-glucuronidase. So that means that the estrogen that needs to uh, be disposed of, we dispose of, and the estrogen that needs to be reactivated and possibly recirculated for maybe a variety of reasons can be. And so we keep that balance in our hormones. And when something goes kind of astray or kind of off the, off the handle, then that's when we have these imbalances. And so it's interesting to note that our gut microbiome plays such a big role because of this enzyme. So that's how the microbiome impacts estrogen is by this reactivation. And when we look at estrogen impacting the gut, it kind of is a two-way street because the estrogen balance actually also increases microbial diversity in the gut. So it was found that, for example, animals treated with estrogen have a significantly higher microbial diversity in their gut than controls. So when we added estrogen into the picture, that increased the diversity of the good and bad bacteria that we had in our gut. And so estrogen can actually prevent the loss and promote the growth of beneficial bacteria as well. So like I was mentioning before, the balance is key. We don't wanna to have too much beta-glucuronidase and we don't wanna to have too much estrogen because they really feed off of each other. Now looking at it from a different perspective, we're looking at gut integrity. And so basically this is the cells in your gut. Um, when we don't have proper gut integrity, the cells of our gut allow things to go through the gut barrier that shouldn't. So they're going to interact with the immune system, cause inflammation, things like that. So we need to make sure that no matter what we're doing, our gut integrity is always being kept intact. And so cells that line, like I mentioned, the gastrointestinal tract create this barrier so everything stays where it needs to stay. And a healthy and diverse microbiome ensures that this continues. So as I mentioned, someone who has adequate amounts of estrogen actually has more of that diverse microbiome, which can lead to a higher uh, gut integrity in general. Again, sufficient estrogen levels are needed to form the epithelial layer of the gut and keep it healthy, elastic, and impervious to the contents of the gut. So we're gonna make sure we maintain a healthy lining. So estrogen is needed to make sure that all of those, all of those processes are functioning properly. And so 
I wanted to talk a little bit about conditions that have to do with hormonal imbalances um, and gut bacteria, as well as beta-glucuronidase, because I thought it was a really interesting connection. And so some related conditions in the research, when we look at things like obesity, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, um, estrogens have also been shown to regulate glucose and lipid metabolism. Um, they're responsible for bone formation uh, and the an inflammatory response in atherosclerosis. So basically atherosclerosis is what's going to lead to cardiovascular issues. Um, I was told that Chase Tree was good for low estrogen. I found it didn't help me. Is that the main supplement that's used? Um, I actually don't use uh, Chase Tree for low estrogen. Um, Chase Tree has actually been shown to increase progesterone uh, at the level of the pituitary. So I definitely wouldn't use uh, or sorry Chase Tree to increase estrogen. Often it helps to find that balance between estrogen and progesterone when somebody is suffering from low progesterone. Um, and so back to the osteoporosis cardiovascular disease uh, part in terms of gut dysbiosis. Interestingly enough, these patients who suffered from these diseases were found to have decreased beta-glucuronidase activity and that was actually found to exacerbate their low estrogen state further increasing the risk. So you can see on the flip side, these people didn't have enough beta-glucuronidase and what actually happened as a result was that they had they weren't using estrogen appropriately. They were getting rid of it too quickly. They weren't reactivating it. And so estrogen wasn't able to help with that bone formation portion, that lowering atherosclerosis portion that it was supposed to help with. Um, in patients suffering from endometriosis, for those of you who don't know what endometriosis is, it's an estrogen-driven condition, and this is characterized by the growth of endometrial tissue outside of the uterus. And so, um, basically, your endometrium is the lining of the uterus. When you have something like endometriosis, that tissue is actually growing outside of where it's supposed to. And so they've actually found that women who suffer from endometriosis may actually have higher numbers of beta-glucuronidase producing bacteria. This would lead to an increase in circulating estrogen levels. And also they've found to have dysbiosis. So again, dysbiosis is just an imbalance. And that's in the bacteria found in uh, the endometrium as well as the vagina. So again, looking at the microbiome as a whole and as something that exists not only in the gut, not only in the GI tract, but every single uh, place that we have mucous membranes um, as well as on the skin. In women with PCOS, they've found to have altered gut, uh, gut bacteria. So again, that picture of dysbiosis. And then in women who suffer from breast, endometrial, cervical, and ovarian cancer, they've also been found to have an altered, altered gut microbiome, which again would lead to the increased beta-glucuronidase activity, increased levels of circulating estrogen, which can then bind to these estrogen receptors and promote cell proliferation in these estrogen-sensitive tissues. So again, 
there's another downfall of having too much beta-glucuronidase and that's really the reactivation of all this estrogen and it allows estrogen to kind of come, come around a second time and have its impact and sometimes this impact can be negative when we're looking at it from a point of view of cancer risk and breast cancer, uh, uh, cervical, ovarian cancer, that sort of thing. So it's good to formulate a balance because like I mentioned before, the low beta-glucuronidase levels was associated with things like osteoporosis and cardiovascular disease because uh, estrogen was shown to be protective in that sort of way when it's at a proper, appropriate balance. And so last but not least, not a women's health condition, but I actually found interesting information on prostate cancer. And again, uh, in men with prostate cancer, they were found to have dysbiosis of the... Um, prostate gland. So again, that microbiome was off in that area. And that was actually found to be differentiated between men who had prostate cancer and didn't. So again, looking at the gut is so important when we're dealing with all of these hormonal conditions, because things are not as simple as saying, let's reduce estrogen, let's increase progesterone. Things work in, in a synchrony um, in your body. So it's not always about reducing this hormone and bringing up this hormone. We need to know how everything is interacting together. And so looking at what factors disrupt this microbiome that impacts estrogen, it's called the estrobilome. And so things like um, antibiotics, hormonal contraceptives. So if you are on the birth control pill or you're on the hormonal Mirena or you're on the NuvaRing, anything that's hormonal is going to disrupt that balance. Because like I mentioned, all of the factors that estrogen pays, plays a role in the gut bacteria, but also the gut bacteria impacts estrogen. So if we're adding in synthetic hormones, then that's obviously going to impact that balance. Um, and so things like that, things like stress, things like aging, um, lack of sleep, poor diet, lots of things can impact this gut bacteria balance. And so there's a lot of different ways that we can impact the estrobilome in a positive way. And from a dietary perspective, I say number one is eat more vegetables. So fiber promotes a healthy microbiome. It helps to decrease the activity of beta-glucuronidase. But again, something that we're taking from a dietary standpoint isn't going to drive us into one state or the other. So what I mean by that is if we're eating uh, adequate amounts of fiber, that's going to help balance this uh, estrogen, um, progesterone, estrobilome balance that we're looking at, that good and bad bacteria. If we ate a lot of fiber, it's not going to drive us into a deficiency. We would just kind of balance itself out. And that's the really great thing that comes with getting your uh, fiber or whatever else you're trying to get from diet as much as possible because diet isn't going to leave us in a state of deficiency. Whereas if you're starting to self-supplement, then you actually can lead yourself into a state of deficiency. And so getting lots of fruits and vegetables with fiber, upping your fiber intake will really help that balance. Number two is actually reducing alcohol consumption. So chronic alcohol consumption can actually disrupt the microbiome. It leads it into, again, this higher beta-glucuronidase activity. So it's too high, that means estrogen's being reactivated, recirculated. If you pair that, alcohol consumption 
with, let's say you're on the birth control pill or you're on other hormonal therapies, then really you're setting yourself up for failure because you're increasing your beta-glucuronidase from two different uh, mechanisms. So you're gonna end up with too much beta-glucuronidase and uh, really your body doesn't know what to do with these excess hormones. And then this can lead to many other issues the other thing is, is uh, probiotics, when we look at them specifically, I don't like to recommend one probiotic fits all because that's not how it works. There's a lot of different research looking at different strains for different conditions, different concerns. Um, in the research, different strains have been shown to do a number of different things. So I don't really have a one size fits all. However, when it comes to probiotics, uh, one study showed that the oral supplementation of lactobacillus acidophilus, so something that you'll find that's a strain of probiotic that's in actually a lot of supplements, show, was shown to decrease the activity of beta-glucuronidase. So that's interesting, but it's also important to look at that and the overall symptom profile uh, because again, if you just start supplementing with a bunch of probiotics, assuming that your beta-glucuronidase activity is high and we're actually bringing it into a state where it's too low, then that's not going to help us achieve balance either. So it's important to, to decide what the plan of action is based on what your clinical symptoms are and based on what everything kind of looks like from a, uh, from a clinical standpoint. So that's your intake and what your, what's, um, what symptoms you're experiencing, and then looking at it from a state of what tests should we do, what what testing are we running, are we doing any? And so it's really important to get the full picture, but I just wanted to take this time to kind of talk about how uh, your hormones actually impact with your digestion because often when I'm starting with patients, I'm saying, okay, here's the, here's the thing, we have uh, PMS symptoms, we have heavy periods, we might have painful periods, and that's the main concern. But if your digestion is off and it's not working, i.e. if you're not having a bowel movement every day, if you're experiencing bloating, abdominal pain, if you always feel inflamed or you have heartburn, uh, you have reflux, those sorts of things, that's where we need to start because everything kind of happens in the gut and we need to get that bacteria balance and that gut healing and that gut integrity under control while we are doing hormonal work, um, if not before. So in, in some patients, I actually recommend that we do gut work while we're doing hormone work. But in a lot of my patients and most of my patients, I say, okay, step one is we need to figure out your gut. Once we figure out your gut, your hormones can work properly because you can take as much uh, supplements that are going to help with your hormone balance as you want. But if your gut's not working, if we're not processing our hormones appropriately, then it doesn't really matter what we do or what we take. And so that's kind of the take home point with making sure that we're looking at the whole picture and this holistic point of view is that if the gut's not working, really nothing else is working. So when I say the gut's not working, when I say looking into the gut, again, adding things, um, good and bad bacteria balance. What does yours look like? Uh, so that's kind of an investigation on its own. It's looking at what your symptom profile shows and where I think we should go with respect to that. So whether that is adding a probiotic, if it is, then which one? Are we adding fermented foods? What are we taking away? Uh, do we need to remove some factors that can be irritating the gut? Do we need to look into food sensitivities? And what does that look like? So whether we're doing some sort of elimination diet, if we're doing a trial removal, if we're just cleaning up the diet, um, and I always hate the word clean eating, but 
by that I just mean increasing whole foods, reducing packaged and processed foods. And when I say reducing processed and packaged foods, that's usually in the form of really fast food, boxed and packaged, other than things like whole grain brown rice, which come in a box, or if you got, I guess, 100% chickpea pasta or something like that, that doesn't really count. But you understand my point is looking at more whole foods, getting rid of the, the crappy foods that really are causing inflammation and really seeing where we stand. Again, your bowel movements are going to tell you a lot of the information you need to know with respect to your digestion. Are you going every day? Is it easy to pass? Blood, mucus, undigested food? Are you bloated? Do you have abdominal pain? Do you have heartburn? Things like that are really important to get a full picture of what your digestion looks like. And some people say, you know what? I don't feel bloated. I don't feel constipated, but I go uh, once every three days. And to me, that's not good enough because you're not getting rid of those hormones that are just kind of hanging out. And it, really there's something that is recirculating and that's gonna be some of your hormones that your body will probably use again and not for beneficial things most likely. So making sure we get your digestion under control. If we need to look for bacteria or parasites or we think something else is going on, then we do those investigations. We do that stool testing and we really get to the bottom of what everything looks like because when it's your hormones, it's not just about, like I said, increasing progesterone or reducing estrogen. And some people are definitely at that point, but looking at things from a holistic point of view include every body system working together. So when we look at our hormones, we need to factor in what our liver's looking like, what our enzymes are looking like, um, and what our gut is looking like. So uh, that's kind of my spiel for today. Like I said, I will post this as a podcast episode. So if you didn't get to catch the live, it will be available for the next 24 hours on my Instagram. I will be saving the video and posting that if you want to rewatch or if you've kind of joined me halfway through, you can watch the rest. And then I will post this again on my podcast, The Well Women Podcast. You can find all that information at the link in my bio. If you have any questions, you can comment on any video I post or send me a DM. And have a great rest of your day, guys. Thanks.